The following program has been furnished and paid for by Kevin Seven Financial Services, and KSCV is not responsible for its content or the products or services offered. Welcome to Your Finances with Kevin Seven here on KSCV, a show about finance and retirement planning. And now, here's your host, Kevin Coogley. Hello and welcome to Your Finances, personal finance show, yeah, where we will talk about your finances. We will also be speaking about the markets and the economy. We just moved over from Sunday to Wednesday evening, so very happy to be on here again with producer Gary Knight in the studio, and we will be taking questions live on the air he's got me yeah you got me moving these boxes where, where does this box go this is for the new move here is this oh this is yours it says kevin seven uh, priority one. Ooh, okay kevin seven that is the name of the firm and we have three core principles have fun help others and be profitable and we always look at investing And through the lens of financial planning, financial planning is the core foundation of all that we do. It's kind of like a roadmap. Whenever you get in your car and you don't know where you're going, you might use Google Maps, Apple Maps, Waze. Well, that's in the financial planning world what we do. We do the financial plan as a guide to help you get where you want to go. And of course, whenever you get in your car and you turn on one of those apps, you want to make sure that you have gas in the car. So the or electric, unless you're electric, you got to have some kind of power, whether it be electric or gas. And that is the investment part of the show. So we'll be speaking on the market and the economy and the Fed. They're all intertwined. Which one do you want to start with? I was going to ask you one of them. Just take your pick. Well, let's talk about the economy because there's been a lot of economic data that is coming out this week. Mm-hmm. Something that came out last, yesterday actually, is something called the JOLTS report. JOLTS, job openings and lost turnover report. And it shows that the labor market is not as tight currently. So when we talk about the job market, and here we are coming up on Labor Day, it's observed, right? Just in time. Yeah, just in time. Is it this month? It's Monday. Yeah, it's coming up. So the American workers, we will be celebrating on Monday. So the uh, job market is loosening Now, the uh, Federal Reserve, they look at this report, amongst others, when they determine whether they want to raise interest rates. And the JOLTS report shows that the job market is loosening, meaning there are more jobs uh, opening. There's less jobs openings. And so, therefore, it's the, the labor market is not going to be as tight. So that means, well, we looked, I looked at the Fed funds future rates, and they think that there's going to be a 10%, a 10% chance that they will raise it again 
in September. We'll see what happens. But September the 20th, the Fed will either say they're going to pause or they're going to say they're going to raise it maybe another 0.25%. So all of that with these economic reports, the Fed decision, that has an effect on the markets, which obviously leads into people's personal finances. So that is what we are going to be talking about throughout the next many Wednesdays to come here on the show. So if you have any questions, feel free to call in. 281-558-5738. Last four digits are KSEV. So if you're driving down the road, 281-558-KSEV. 281-558-5738. Or make sure that number stays there. You can call. It's not it's not going to cost you a cent. You can just call right in here. Feel free. I think it's free. Yeah, it's it is free. free. Yeah. Okay, cool. And we have, if you want to refer back to the show, we always have podcasts as well. So we're pretty much on every podcast that's out there, If depending on if you like to use Apple or if you have an Android, it's called Google Podcasts. So we have Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. We're on Spotify, Pandora is actually still around, if you can believe that. Pandora is another app that's out there. They're actually owned by XM Satellite, so we're on that as well. So Amazon Music now has podcasts. So wow. if you just look on, if you go into the search, you can type in Kevin7, that's K-E-V-I-N-S, the number 7, and it's also the same as the website, K-E-V-I-N-S, the number 7, dot com. You schedule an appointment, or you can look at our financial planning process where the whole goal of all of this here with the radio show is to educate and take people from financial confusion to financial confidence through the financial planning process, which takes into account what you're making, what you're spending. What you're saving, and it forecasts that into the yeah, future. See, I can't do this because he just runs out on me. Oh, there he is. We're talking about Billboard, and I'm talking about some other thing. You want to talk to us about the market a little bit more? How about we've got five minutes? How about talking about the market? Yeah, so we have John Henry also on the line. Is that right? John Henry. John, are you there? John Henry. Uh, hey, guys, this is John. Hey, John. Thanks for calling in. Now, John was on our show a couple of times before on the weekends, and John is a local CPA in Houston. And so we've had, he's had, you actually have a show as well on another radio station, right, John? Uh, I sure do. Uh, if if I can say, it's on the KPFT uh, station, the, the public radio station, a Pacifica station, and it's at 12 o'clock on Thursdays, and we discuss business, general business matters. Yes. Well, you can say it on KSEV 700 AM as long as you plug our show on your on your show. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm a big <laughs> listener of KSEV. Yes. And it, it sounds like y'all were uh, about to talk about the, uh, the, the market, the state of the market. Yes. We've been on a four-day upswing here. Isn't so. it great? It's been pretty nice. August has been a tough month overall, but here over the last four days, and I'm even looking at the futures for markets opening up tomorrow morning, looks pretty good. So, yeah, you got the S&P 500 
which is, you know, the, the main index that we look at, which is the 500 largest stocks in the U.S. economy, right, the U.S. markets. So those right now, the last five days, it's up 2.3%. So we've had a, a pretty good run up, but still, you know, down for the month, about 1.4%. And a lot of that has to do with the market just recently coming back up is with these economic reports that we were talking about earlier that are leading investors to believe that the Fed is going to pause in September. What, what do you think about the downgrade? Uh, that seemed to really kick off the, the minor downturn that we had, the downgrade of U.S. debt at the beginning of the month. Wasn't, wasn't that an interesting thing? Yes, and Fitch did that. And also, this happened about 10 years ago as well, remember? Exactly, and exactly, during the Obama years. Right, and so we have, whenever we look at you know how, how strong is the U.S. dollar, I look at the foreign exchange markets, and, you know, that's a concern. Um, I look at the new issues of T-bills and secure the, the government issues new bill, bills, right? And they're, they're getting eaten up, meaning people are buying them. And still the majority of the transactions in the foreign exchanges is under the U.S. dollar, something like 90 percent, which is very high, right? And Absolutely. the concern is, you know, a lot of people are out there, they're concerned about BRICS. And people moving off of the dollar, I really don't see that as something to be concerned about just yet. Now, is is it absolutely insane when people and the government are spending money? And there's, you know, it's, it's there's going to be a day of reckoning at some point. But uh, right now, I still see a strong dollar. The majority of the foreign exchange exchanges are settled in the U.S. dollar. I almost think that talk of of going off the U.S. dollar as the reserve currency for the world is really, uh, and of course I could be wrong, but I think it's a type of conspiracy theory. Yep. Yeah. So it's as long. I look, and I've I have friends that have have mentioned this, and I said, well, well, I'll get concerned when it drops from ninety percent of foreign exchange being settled in U.S. dollars to maybe eighty percent, but it stayed consistent around the ninety percent level so and definitely and you know the uh the standard and poor's uh 500 just uh, at the beginning at the late part of july i guess maybe july 28th or something it had reached a a high of uh, of about uh 458 and or 48 40 now it's at, uh i'm going to go with right. the spy the smaller index uh, which is a tenth of the of the large index. Now it's at 450, so it's it's within just absolute shouting distance of an all-time high, coming off a very very small dip down um, in the month of August. Yeah. So, so the market looks very very good. Yeah. It's well. So we're saying that, and now it's it's Friday is September 1st. So, right. and we look at these trends, and we and we try to see what what's going to happen right but historically the month of september believe it or not is the worst month of the year in the market you think <laughs> you think back a lot of people think it's october if you think back uh -huh. to 1987 i think that's when ksev uh, dan patrick and 
and Chuck, the chief engineer here, they, they founded or they started this radio station from what oh, Chuck 87? was telling me. Yeah, 87. Boy, I had that that was right when, you know, remember the Black Friday in October. Sure. That's why a lot of people think that the worst month of the year is October, but it's act, probably because of October of 87, but it's actually September. So that's something to think about when going into the market and – yeah, we, we obviously believe that over a long period of time, you're always going to be better off being in stocks, the U.S. stocks, than any other investment choice out there. But from a ta- that's the overall strategy when you're investing. And we recommend people don't look at going into the stock market unless they can set aside a portion of their money, maybe five plus years into the U.S. stock market because they can deal with the short-term fluctuations because over a long period of time, the best strategy, because it is the best performing asset out there, is to go into the U.S. stock market. However, there are tactical areas where people can look to invest to raise what's called alpha and performance. So you want to have strong performance, obviously, and there are things that you can do through fundamental analysis and technical analysis if you have a good financial advisor. And we have many on this radio show or this radio network, right? So financial advisor can help guide you to enhance your performance and give you a little bit more alpha. So that's a tactical part of investing in the overall strategy of, you know, being invested in stocks for the long run. You know, a lot of people will see the market at a at a high and and think, gosh, I'm gonna wait till it comes down. And obviously we all always want to buy low and sell high. But in an uptrending market, sometimes the high might be the best time to buy. Because and I'm not suggesting anyone buy right now or anything, but the the uh, trend is your friend. And yes. so if we're in an uptrending market, and if you if you looked at the Standard and Poor's 500, say for the last 30 years, you would see. Or let, actually, let's just take it back. Let's take it back 70 years. You would see a a graph that goes from the lower uh, left to the upper right. With these very small corrections, in even in in uh, even that 1987 crash, which really made for a terrible weekend, I have to admit it, uh, is a, is just the smallest blip on on that kind of historical uh, huge increase. Yes. Yep. So over the, over the long term, the trend is your friend in the U.S. stock market, and we are currently in a bull market. However, whenever you're in a bull market, something called a pullback is not unusual. So, absolutely. And there are, this is part of what they call, or analysts in the industry call technical analysis, where they look at trends specifically to see if the trend is your friend. And they look at something called the RSI, Relative Strength Indicator. And it can show the parts of the market that are potentially overbought. And right now, tech 
is looking somewhat overbought. And that is an, an area that people who have a financial advisor, and obviously we can help you with that, kevin7.com, K-E-V-I-N-S, the number seven, dot com. We can schedule an appointment with you or help you do the financial planning process so that you can understand what you have, what you got, what you're saving, and we'll forecast that into the future. But a lot, you know, you know, John, a lot of things, a lot of times we sit down with people who've listened to the radio show or come on board with us. They, they're over-diversified and they have so much in their account, they don't even know what it is or what's inside of that account that they have. Very, very common. They say, well, I've got a, uh, I've got a statement here, an account. Um, I don't know what's in it because they have maybe 50 different mutual funds. And diversification is a good thing. And that's where the Kevin Seven name comes from. We div- we, it's kind of like an, our own personalized mutual fund where you have seven different stocks. And it's had fantastic performance because it's not over-diversified. Over- what, what, are, what are some of the diversification concepts that you uh, look at in, um, you know, in, in the seven stocks? You don't want to be overweighted in any single sector or style. So a sector, for everybody listening, is a portion of, if you have the S&P 500, you divide it up into sectors. There is a tech sector, which, again, I mentioned a moment earlier, RSI is saying it's overbought. There's a financial sector, right? There's a utilities sector, consumer staples sector. You want the diversification amongst the different sectors. You don't want to have all of your eggs in one basket, so to speak. And then also style, size and style. So there are different size companies, large companies, mid, mid-sized companies, where that term market capitalization comes from. That's just the value that Wall Street assigns to a stock. So that's the size of a company. A style could be either value or growth, and so a value stock is typically traditionally some somebody like a Warren Buffett type would invest and have looking for value in the stock where they have high earnings and the price is lower, right? So they're looking for low price-to-earnings ratios, whereas a growth investor wants to see growth, and it's been like Google back in its early days. They weren't earning any money, but it was a growth stock. And so eventually, a lot of these growth stocks, they turn into value companies, but you want to mix because sometimes investors favor growth, sometimes they favor value, sometimes they favor large companies, sometimes they favor small companies. So it's good to have that diversification, and that's why with seven, we don't limit, we limit it to the seven different stocks so that we don't get over-diversified. The main problem I see in portfolios People, number one, they don't know what they have because they have so many different mutual funds. And I'm not exaggerating. I've seen statements that have over 50 mutual funds in it. And each mutual fund typically has a minimum of 25 to upwards of 50 stocks. So you'll have overlap in there. Sure. So over-diversification is not a good thing. And it's usually an excuse for ignorance uh, for well, a lot of advisors. Well, it sounds like. It sounds kind of like you're you're talking about diversifying in terms of the uh, you know the size of the company, the overall capitalization of the company, as well as 
across industries because the 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 real winners uh, in the future are not the Apples or Teslas of today. They are right. In other words, they are uh, are are small cap companies that could increase anywhere from ten to a hundred times in their overall capitalization. Could yes. And one thing that we don't we talk a lot about publicly traded stocks here. There is something called privately traded stocks, and you can go into an investment inside of a brokerage account typically and participate in the private equity market, and typically you'll go in through a direct, a direct participation program. It's kind of like a mutual fund, but doesn't really work like that. You have special paperwork that you have to fill out, and they're not very liquid um, so w- there's limitations on the amount that you can even invest into a private equity direct partnership. So you have that as an option to invest in smaller companies because small businesses are really the driver of the U.S. economy and the uh, and the employment force out there. So it's uh, it's something to take a look at. We always see in the headlines all these publicly t- traded companies and how well the S&P 500 is done. and But there is huge opportunity. Let me give you an example. There's a company that we use for private equity. It's called uh, CNL Levine Lechman. And they have radio roots. The founder of Westwood One, that family, runs this private equity firm. Most stocks lost money last year. Most bond mutual funds lost money last year. That company, that private equity company that we use, they manage, they buy private stocks, right? You can't buy them publicly. That one, they did over 8% last year. So pretty good when most bond Fantastic. mutual funds, you know, interest rates went up last year and they flashed it. The Fed, we talk commonly on this show about the Fed. The Fed announced it, that they were going to raise rates at the beginning of last year. And that's why we exited everybody out of the kind of a small short-term play that's tactical we exited everybody out of stocks at the in march of last year and so they were sitting in cash and then we re-entered people back into the market towards the end of the year so they did what they said they were going to do they did they raised the rates (laughs) and you and for when i got back in when when i got into the industry back in 1997 one of the first few things and we had talked to another advisor here in the studio and we we have a common mentor here in uh, Houston so that's how far back we go but yeah back in back in the day they say never fight the fed so whenever the fed starts raising rates then you know that it's going to affect the U.S. equity markets adversely. The U.S. equity markets are not going to go well whenever their cost of capital, which means how much the they have to pay to raise money, whenever that goes higher, it's just intuitive that the, the stock price is going to suffer as a result of, right, of the cost of capital or whenever they have to go borrow mm-hmm, money. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So. But no, let's not forget, though, labor is the most – this is the weird thing about globalization. Labor you know, can be offshored, and it has been over the last 15, 20 years. Now they're talking about on reshoring and nearshoring labor. So coming up on this Monday where we have uh, Labor Day, right? 
And Labor Day is celebrating the American worker. I think it should be good for American jobs. And, you know, we have these companies like NVIDIA and um, Taiwan Semiconductor. They're going to – there's a big deal in uh, a big foundry that they're putting in, a big plant in Phoenix. So the, they're doing that for national security purposes, of course. But, oh, I didn't uh, know that. So Taiwan Semiconductor is, is – uh, Putting a plant in Phoenix. Yes, so that's I didn't uh, know that. That's a good thing uh, for the American worker. So, you know, the the, the Fed uh, they have they don't necessarily like to the, what they're trying to shoot for is two percent inflation, right? And the the most expensive part for any corporation is labor. So labor is the most expensive cost uh, now for national security purposes. The United States is taking all these semiconductor foundries and they're putting them back in America, which they call reshoring. And also they're looking, I think, at Mexico and other places, which they, you know, which is called nearshoring. So. Interesting. Well, that's very interesting. Uh, well, listen, uh, Kevin, uh, congratulations on your, on your show. I'll be calling in. Uh, I'll yeah. be listening because this is a, this time from six to seven is a great time for uh, me to listen as I'm driving home, and I'm glad you're on the radio here on Wednesday. And uh, I, I sure wish you the best of luck. Well, thanks so much, John, and we'll have you here in the studio as well. I'd love to. I'd love to. I'd love to. Uh, see y'all later. All right. Take care. We will be back after this commercial break, and we will get to Bill. Sit out here and waste my life away Drag back home and drown my troubles away It's a damn shame What the world's gotten to For people like me People like you Wish I could just wake up And it not be true But it is Oh, it is Living in the new world With an home Having a hard time knowing what kind of income you may expect in retirement? Kevin Seven is a financial planning firm. We take you from financial confusion to financial confidence. A financial plan takes into account what you're making, spending, and saving, and forecasts that into the future. Call us at 877-KEVIN-7. That's 877-538-4677. We can schedule an appointment for you via Zoom, phone, or even in person. Or visit us on our website at kevin7.com, K-E-V-I-N-S, the number 7.com. Left-wingers are out there sounding the alarm about the resurgence of the China virus just in time for the 2024 election, just in time for Beijing Biden to head to the basement and campaign, just in time to get left-wing, out-of-control governments put back in charge of elections. Will Americans fall for it this time? And what about the science? We'll discuss coming up at the Chris Salcedo Show. See at 7 after Lance on AM 700 KSEB, the voice of Texas. Phone lines are open now. Call 281-558-5738. That's 281-558-KSEV. Homegrown country girl, gonna give me a whirl. On a Tennessee Saturday night. Lucky as a seven. Here we go. Lucky as a seven. Here on KSEV AM 700. 
Name of the firm is Kevin Seven, K E V I N S, the number seven.com. My name is Kevin, the head of the firm, and we have another caller. Here we have Bill. Bill, welcome good to evening. the show. Good evening. Can you hear me okay? Yeah. Okay. This is a great topic of labor because I was in, I used to be a teamster, and then a couple of presidents went to prison, so I <laughs> kind of got away from the, yeah, they did. I think they did think with labor or mm. didn't do the labor or whatever. But on the serious side of things, when you look at – I was in the grocery business from 93 till 2021. So I was in the business and saw a lot of things. And there were a few things I remember back in the 70s when I flew from here to Los Angeles nonstop. They had no frills. And now I think it was National Airlines. You didn't get a meal. But the difference turned out to be $45 per each way, because your pay was like two thirty-six round trip with the meal, or one forty-six without the meal. So I said, "Okay, oh, I could survive three and a half hours without that." And then you start looking at if you take two gallon, two quarts of milk individually, and you buy them individually like that. And if you, it's cheaper to buy a half a gallon together. There you go. Yeah, okay. Yes, exactly. And then it gets into more interested when people donate things. So I've donated blood to some police officers, a lady friend I've known for a number of years, and when they, they really needed it, they don't. You donated, but then they have to use that blood and to charge to, I guess, run the operation and you know all this other stuff. Yeah. But by the time it, and the same thing, because that's to do with the hospital stuff. Same thing. You have a, Do you have a question on the economy, by the way? It, it, oh my gosh! I'll tell you. Compared to 1971, when I, I bought my house in '79 at te, at nine and a half percent, bought it, it closed at ten percent. In that decade, the difference in the home loans is only three percent, and they came out with the 30-year mortgages in '71. And I'm looking at where we're at right now. Yeah, so there's a lot of things with the economy that you can look at going back all the way to the 70s and then back to the 80s. Interest rates were very high back in the 80s. And so you can look at the home interest rates and how high they were back then. And so the 30-year has increased. And so right now, not very good there, Gary, for the... Uh, the people trying to buy a new home. So. When, when can we do that? Do we have to wait? And you said something earlier in the program that the uh, feds might add more percentage. They'll yeah, go up. What does that mean? Doesn't that mean the stock market's going to go down? So, yeah, it's it's hard to gauge, right? They announced that, that they were going to raise the rates at the beginning of last year. That was the announcement for... That like a, a big flashing banner, right? The right. Fed said, we're going to raise rates. And they did it at, we were at zero, right, for, yeah. for the Fed. Fed funds rate, zero. And now it's, you know, mid-fives, 5.5, 5 point, around that area. So that's just an extraordinary amount of raising of interest rates. So depending on what the Fed does on September 20th, it's not going to mean as much as it did over the last year and a half, right? Because it's just been an unprecedented raising of interest rates by the Fed. 
And in fact, a lot of the economists, when they're looking at the Fed funds futures markets, they're, they're thinking that they might pull back and start reducing the Fed funds rate next year. So all of this creates for interesting radio, I would think, going <laughs> forward in the yeah. future. Yeah. We yeah. can talk about different things that are happening in the economy. Right. But you can get in right now. There's never a bad or a good time, really, is there, to get into the stocks compared to getting into real estate. Right. It's timing is very, very important, but it's it's very, very hard to do. Right. Timing is important in life. But that so that's why we say whenever anybody looks at investing in the stock market. Right. Right. They should have at least, you know, three to five years before they try to use that money because they can deal with the fluctuations of the short term. It's not going to have any it's not going to have that much of an effect. Yeah, it looks bad when it goes down, but you know, over a long period of time, you're always going to be better off in US stocks, more so than even real estate. I mean, stocks have been going on. I'm looking back. I mean, we've been doing a pretty good run here over the last few years, correct? Yeah. Yeah, so, since uh, the, the, actually the bottom of the pandemic in 2020 yeah. so we're in a we're in a bear market i'm sorry a bull market where it's up off of off of the bottom 20 percent, which it hit last year so the bull is raging right now we so, want the bear don't we no we don't we don't want the bear <laughs> the bear pulls by the way just so everybody knows <laughs> a bull whenever you see a bull and it's trying to horn something it pushes up so that's where they get the bull market from. Now, if a bear is trying to capture its prey, what does it do? It, it usually pulls or it tries to pull that prey down. So that's where you get a bear market because it's being pulled down. You learn something new every day. There you go. Now you know that where the bull market came from and where the bear market came from. Hey, here's a number to call, 877 877- Kevin, so you just say that they'll probably call it anyway. They don't know what they're calling. Eight seven seven Kevin's seven eight seven seven five three eight four six seven seven. Correct. That's the number to call. That's it. And you know we can schedule an appointment if you'd like us to review what you have. Maybe have a second set of eyes on your portfolio. That's something that that uh, you can schedule an appointment there. Susan answers the phone usually. Uh, part of my staff, and can get you on the calendar if it's appropriate. But you can also do that through the website, K-E-V-I-N-S, the number 7.com. we got five minutes or so for the break. Uh, did you want to talk more about uh, how you got in with uh, David Ramsey? Dave yeah, Ramsey? so we're affiliated. Dave, I'm in a, a relationship with Ramsey, so ironically, we were both uh, Tennessee graduates, so... He's a little bit older than me. He's based there in uh, Franklin, Tennessee, Nashville. Started in the radio. He was actually on KSEV 700 AM. I think that he's mainly on XM Sirius, Sirius XM radio now. And, yeah, so he has a, a SmartVestor Pro program that uh, I work with him and his team on. And we are big believers in his baby steps and what i love about it is it starts with the beginning investor 
or somebody who's looking at their personal finances. So this is why I like to talk about his baby steps here on your finances. The first baby step is put $1,000 in savings. The second one is pay off all credit card debt. Credit card debt, we're talking about the raising of the Fed funds rate. Credit card debt is going through the roof right now. So everybody, if possible, should pay off their credit card debt. Don't give your money to interest, uh, ridiculous interest rates to these credit card companies. So that's baby step number two. Baby step number three is you put three to six months worth of your income into a savings account so that you have money in case an emergency arises like the air conditioning or something like that goes out, right? So that's baby step number three. Baby step number four is everybody hopefully has some kind of retirement savings plan. If you work for a for-profit you have a 401k, that's your employer retirement plan. If you work for a nonprofit or a government, you can have a 403b plan and a 457 plan. Government employees, by the way, are they have some of the best advantages. It's kind of like having two 401ks. They can have a 403b and a 457 so that they can put a lot of money into their retirement plan. Ramsey recommends as a baseline to put in 50, 15%. So whenever you sign up, go work for a new employer, or maybe you've been with your employer for a few years, sign up for their employer retirement plan and put in 15%. Now, some people, some companies, they pay a match. And so some of them go up for six percent they match dollar for dollar so you should at least by bare minimum put in four to six percent or whatever your company matches because otherwise you're just throwing away money right so that is what you should do for baby step number four is where we usually work as a smart investor pro and people who have been on that baby step for a few, quite a few years, then we look at the financial planning process in more depth for them, right? which goes into college, education, savings, potentially. And then we look at potentially paying off the house. That's baby step number six. And the number, baby step number seven, there's that reoccurring number seven again. Seven, seven, seven. So seven days in the week. Kevin 7, KSEV 700 AM, and the, the seventh baby step is build wealth and give. So those are Ramsey's seven baby steps. And yeah, it's, uh, again, never too early to start saving. And it's, 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 I don't think it's, it can be never too redundant to continue to speak about uh, these steps in, in a way to get people financially prepared moving forward so that they can have a, a prosperous financial life and be financially independent, you know, whenever, as, as soon as they, they want. Hopefully, you know, they can do it sooner rather than later. But the, the earlier that they get on the baby steps, the earlier that people start contributing to their employer retirement plan, the better that, you know, the sooner they're, they're going to be more financially independent, meaning they don't have to rely on a outside source of income, whether it be an employer or whatever, right? Kevin Seven, your finances. Why don't you give us a call right now at 877-KEVINS, 
That's uh, is that a capital K? I keep asking you that yeah, for Kevin's, yeah. right? Just Ke- to let Kevin people know. Kevin Seven, yeah, it's that's okay. how it is on the website. K okay. V I N S the number seven dot com. Eight seven seven five three eight four six seven seven. Kevin Seven. We're going to be right back. More calls. Give us a call now. Right now. There are three things you need to know when choosing a financial advisor. Number one, experience. Number two, credentials. And number three, judgment ability. I have over 27 years experience in the industry. I am a chartered retirement planning counselor, CRPC, and an MBA. Although past performance doesn't guarantee future results, we can show you that we've delivered results that double the S&P 500. Don't hesitate. Call us at 877-KEVIN-7 or visit us on our website, K-E-V-I-N-S, the number 7.com. Catch Chris X Radio weekdays at 4, right here on AM 700 KSEV. Morris Brown College in Atlanta has reintroduced mask mandates, as well as Lionsgate in Santa Monica. Sleepy Joe is urging everyone to get their new boosters. The Branch Covidians are back, folks, and they can't wait to force you to submit. But don't worry, it's just two weeks to flatten the curve again. Chris X Radio. Weekdays 4 till 6, right here on The Voice of Texas. Your home team for conservative talk radio. KSEV 700 AM, The Voice of Texas. Yes, and here we are approaching football season. By the way, Texas A&M is playing at Knoxville, Tennessee, and we do at KSEV 700 AM. I think part of the radio broadcast hits College Station, or it gets pretty close up there to College Station. So for all you Aggie fans that are flying into Knoxville, I'm originally from there, and they will give you a big welcome. Because Texas and Tennessee, are they're essentially like brother states. So they always let, by the way, check out in the airport if you're flying in the Sam Houston old school road there in Knoxville, Tennessee. That's where Sam Houston grew up. And actually, they said he uh, settled up in Huntsville, Texas, you know, where they got that huge statue of him. They have that up there. They say he settled up there in Huntsville because it reminded him of that area up there in Knoxville, um, where he grew up. And so, yeah, if you're from Texas A&M and you fly in for that Tennessee A&M football game, that stadium is huge, Gary. It holds over 100,000 people. It's not as big as A&M's. I think A&M might have the biggest one in the SEC. But it's uh, oh, a lot of people. It's a lot of people. Have you ever been to that stadium? Oh, yeah. I think I went when I was five years old. How's That's your hearing? It's pretty well. I did, I wasn't at the Tennessee Alabama game last week, but it would. I mean, last year when Tennessee won and they threw goalposts into the river, but uh, it was oh, it, from what I heard, it was pretty deafening. Um, all right, so we're getting back here to the Your Finances show. Feel free to give us a call at two eight one 
888-558-KSEV if you'd like us to answer a question on your personal finances on the air. Volatility. 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 That's a good word, right? Yes. Volatility. And we just talked a little bit earlier about what's happening in the, the markets. When is the worst month? It's traditionally starting Friday. Friday is the 1st of September, and it's the worst month traditionally in the U.S. stock markets. And that's when volatility typically goes up. There's something, Gary, called the Volatility Inferred Index. It's the VIX, V-I-X. And that shows that shows when there is more volatility. And they, they being the financial people that do technical analysis, they chart all of this out on a historical basis to give us a, some indication of what may occur, right? So the VIX, or the Volatility Inferred Index, it's, it goes up significantly. I've looked at these charts. And so September, October, mm-hmm. and through November, we are look, going to be looking at choppy markets if it if if history rhymes now i think it was mark twain that says history may not repeat itself but it often rhymes so with that there is you know a cause for uh, caution entering in to the markets now we are still in a bull market but now is the time when we typically see more choppiness or volatility. And volatility means going up and down. If you look at a roller coaster, that's the volatility going up and down. Usually a bad thing whenever you see more volume in the market. That co- that's a cause for concern as well. And historically, we're about to enter that period. So it's always good to come back here on a Wednesday at 6 p.m., we will – I look at this stuff on a daily basis, right? And so I will give you my thoughts on what is currently going on and what's happened in the pa- – based on what's happened in the past. They say economists are essentially historians. And then we look at how that affects with a certain probability of what may occur down the road. So nothing is for sure, and obviously we cannot see into the future, but we we can determine based on the past, maybe it's a 70-75% level of confidence that we have looking at the charts that it's going to be more volatile. So and that's why I'm I'm saying that with about a 70 to 80% degree of confidence that you're going to see some choppiness here over the next 2-3 months within the US stock market just looking at what the what has happened in the past. Right? So what what do we do? So if you're in it long term, no need to worry, right? Volatility is not going to impact you as much. If you're looking to enter the market, might just for the first time, might want to give it some time, see how it plays out, right? We've had a pretty good last four days. So within the market, August was really not that good of a month, though. And uh, so, but the reason, one of the main reasons why the stock market's up 
within the last four days is the 10-year U.S. Treasury has been down. So these are kind of inversely related. The 10-year Treasury, it is a insurance companies use this to go by in their general accounts when they look at providing value to their customers in the form of annuities. And so a lot of stock analysts also use this. The higher the 10-year treasury, if the 10-year treasury goes up, then usually the stock markets come down. And you can see it's been, if, if I'm looking at a chart right now, I'm pulling it up here, you had 4236 last week. So it's dropped right now. It's 4.112. So whenever, and that makes sense because the 10-year treasury has dropped and therefore you're seeing a rebound in the market right now. So last four days. But again, we're seeing some choppiness, uh, cloudy storms ahead within the next few months. Um, So we'll see, you know, how that plays out and today is Wednesday, August the 30th. This is our 12th episode. So we, we, we can always refer back to this because we post this again on Google Podcasts, on Apple Podcasts, and pretty much anything you can think about seven of these different streaming apps. But most people use Apple Podcasts or Google because you either have an, these days you either have an iPhone or you have an Android, right? So those are the two ones that you can look up. Kevin 7, K-E-V-I-N-S, the number 7, and it'll pop up. And we have all of the episodes. This is episode number 12 that we're on. So we'll see what kind of choppiness lies ahead. Um, but I'm, I'm saying probably 75% chance. And it's not a, we're, we are in a bull market. So since I guess it was the, the end of last year, we were in a bull market. The, the thing about bull markets are that they're potentially a pullback. You know, it's not uncommon to have a 10% pullback. So, But you told me a bull market is good, though, compared to a bear market. Well, if you have money in U.S. stocks, oh, yes. There's Some, a key word. Yeah, your money is a bull market's good. If you have money in U.S. stocks, and most people do, I'm assuming, that have that our listeners have money in, in U.S. stocks. So we don't like bear markets. We love bull markets. But, you know, from time to time, we'll enter a bear market like we did early last year. And, again, you never fight the Fed. That's what uh, they you know, they were broadcasting it pretty loudly that they were going to start raising rates and that really hurt the U.S. stock market, really hurt the U.S. bond market last year. Uh, we haven't talked yet. This might be the first time I haven't gone this long without talking about structured notes. We did not use bond mutual funds last year. Any Most people who had money in a bond mutual fund lost last year, lost money, because whenever interest rates go up, that negatively affects the price of a bond. So the price of the bond goes down. The bond mutual fund goes down. Mm-hmm. Last, the, the traditional portfolio on Wall Street was 60-40. That means 60% of people's money are in stocks, 40% of it's in bonds. So both went down last year because interest rates went up. As a bond alternative, we do quite a bit of structured notes, 
where people are in an investment that is issued not by a corporation or a municipality like a regular bond is, but they're issued by investment banks based on certain indexes. They can be linked to a market, and they will give you more than a potential money market fund. By the way, money market funds right now, if you're not in a money market fund, Uh and if you're in a bank account, you need to look at putting in your money into a money market. It's paying 5.2%, and this is about as high as I saw it. I'd seen it since 97, 98 when I originally went into the industry. And so it's, it's a no-brainer if you have money in a bank account that's not earning any interest to move that money into a money market fund. You've worked hard your whole life for money. You should have your money working hard for you. And it's not inside of a bank account that's paying less than a half a percent. And you would be floored. A lot of people, they can they can look at their statements and they can see. They can make a lot more money inside of a money market than a traditional bank account. So come back and see us next Wednesday. Yeah. At 6 p.m. on KSEV AM 700. Thanks for listening to Your Finance with Kevin Seven. If you have a question for Kevin during the week, you can call him at 877-KEVINS, the number 7. Or his website is KEVINS, the number 7.com. And join us again next Wednesday at 6 p.m. for Your Finances with Kevin Seven. Kevin Coogley is a registered representative with securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA SIPC. The opinions voiced in this show are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making a decision.